I don't give a fuck anymore. You're not going to talk to me like this. I'm not going to put up with that shit. I'm going to do what I want. Maybe I'll be a good gynecologist. Welcome to Movie Mug and the Father and Son podcast that thinks to itself, what a wonderful world. I don't think it in that voice. No? No. Nope. What, what voice might you think it in? Uh, Louis Armstrong's. Oh, well, and for our listeners who don't know, what does uh, Louis Armstrong sound like? Uh, and he sounds a little bit unique compared to most other mm-hmm. singers. But that's all I can do for you. Lots of people sound that's unique. That's all I can do for you. Well, I'm Vince. I'm Jack. And we are a father and son duo who love watching a movie, then having a conversation, but more importantly, spending quality father-son time together. This is episode number 42. Damn. All right, well, you know what time it is. It's Lobby Time with Vince and Jack. All right, everybody, welcome to the Movie Mug and Lobby. This is a time we talk about things that aren't necessarily related to the movie we're going to be watching, but we still think it's important enough to warrant some airtime. All right, so you know how it is. Big Brother's always listening. Your Google always mm-hmm. picks up on what you're doing. Alexa, Google Home, whatever. They're they're tuning in all the time. So something came up on my feed the other day about Steven Seagal. And mm-hmm. uh, since we did Out for Justice a couple weeks ago, I found this to be funny. It was an article from Looper. That said, in 1991, famous tough guy actor Steven Seagal earned himself a ban from Saturday Night Live forever. Wow. (laughs) The karate chopped somebody's arm and broke it? No, the article says uh, the reason is the fact that he must be, by any reasonable standard, the least funny human being ever to walk (laughs) the earth. (laughs) I mean, honestly, you can just look at his face and read that from the get-go. He's not there to make friends. He's there to get money and have a shitty haircut I, and dress like young Anakin. <laughs> like not not the one with the rat tail, but when he wore black and had the brown hair that was kind of like long. When he started turning bad. Yeah, he, he dresses like that phase of Anakin. In every movie, like the other night, that other one was on. He dressed he's the exact same character, but with a different like Italian New Yorker name. Nico, I think is what it was in this one. He was Gino in the one we watched and then Nico in the one that was on the other day. But he did break more arms than that. He did. But it was still yeah. it was still about the same I'm as the I'm thankful other one. that you made it the super fan cut and just fast forwarded through all the the, the shittier parts of I the did. movie. I did. I taped it and then I just uh, fast forwarded to <laughs> made the arm breaking like things. 35 minutes. Which is what a Steven Seagal movie should really be. You know, I certainly don't see him as having a sense of humor. And so I can see him sucking on Saturday Night Live. But the article also says uh, it didn't help that Seagal generally acted like a prima donna. He alienated himself from the crew. Um, He wrote all his skits, but most of his skits had to do with uh, how awesome he was and how much everybody sucked in comparison to him. Was it his goal to be funny? I don't know that he even tried to make it funny. I think he's just one of those narcissists who... He, he probably thinks people will love it because he's in it, and so he really didn't care. He just wrote uh, it for himself, like his movies. Wrote himself a fan fiction. But but here's the thing. We'll never really know. I'm sure I probably saw it when it came out, but we'll, we'll never know because NBC has done all it can legally do to ensure that nobody ever lays eyes on it again. There's wow. no clips on the internet, supposedly. I, <laughs> when they released Saturday Night Live on Netflix, 
um, they made sure that this wasn't an episode that would ever be available. Man, I want to see it. <laughs> I just want to see how bad it is. Yeah, I kind of do too. All right, next I want to talk about our BFFs over at the Film Stripping Podcast, Chris and Erica. They did an episode on Moulin Rouge. Yep. Which we also did an episode on Moulin Rouge. So Fantastic movie. We go back and forth all the time on Instagram, and we send messages back and forth. Um, they're, uh, they're awesome people. When we first started out, I think Chris corrected me on something, and I thought, what a jackass. So I sent him an email back. And then, you know, over time, we became <laughs> friends. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he was nice. He said something good about our podcast, but then he told us that uh, I think uh, I called um, the director of The Babysitter, MCG, and he corrected me and said, it's Mick G. And I was like, okay, um, that's cool. And uh, anyway, I kind of reached out to him about some other things, and he was very helpful. And we just kind of became uh, BFFs Brothers. over time. I, I just knew eventually we would probably do the same movie. And um, they're doing musical month this month. Mm, it's a good month. Chris typically doesn't like musicals. West Side Story on there. Um, Better but, not be. <laughs> but this is the second month of musicals that they've done. And he picked Moulin Rouge because we spoke so highly of it. You gave mm-hmm. it 100, I gave it a 98. We love it. And if you're not a musical person, that's just, you're not really going to like any, I feel like. I mean, no matter how spectacular it was, like Moulin Rouge, I gave it a fucking 100. It was spectacular, spectacular, it, for sure. Oh, oh, damn it. I walked into that one. But if you're if it's just not your taste, it's not your taste. It's just like music. And so if he's not a musical guy, then he's just not. Well, there were lots of things that he didn't necessarily enjoy about it. I'm not going to get into everything because I want you to go over there and listen to it. Um, He didn't like it. He gave it a mm, lowish score, especially compared to us. Erica, on the other hand, she's she's in our camp as far as loving it. I think the only thing that she said that she didn't necessarily like about it was she saw Ewan McGregor's character as being a little selfish. It became all about him and his pursuit of Satine, even though... If they got caught, all these actors and people are going to be out of business because the Duke's just going to shut the place down. Mm-hmm. I would say true love is blind. And true oh. love doesn't necessarily see the ill effects it's having on other people. All he could see is Satine, Satine. How can I be with Satine? So, you know, I can't fault a guy for being selfish because he's, yeah. he's, he's love blind. And it's, it wasn't just true love he was feeling. Like there was all the other, the rest of the situation going on where with the duke and her not wanting to see him anymore but then like he knew something was up and that they were both still in love but she was being controlled to do something else and then as a viewer you you know she's sick and he doesn't and then he finds out there's just all these emotions and i mean i totally if i was him i definitely wouldn't have even like given a fuck about the play people well there's too much going on i don't know that he even like could have given it the time of day yeah because he's dealing with the jealousy he's dealing with the woman he loves possibly being in the arms of a despicable human being in Mm -hmm. his mind then that's anger from that yeah so he's dealing with so many emotions i don't think when you're dealing with those many things you can actually think about all the other people around you so straight you know what i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna give him a break because yeah andy's you and mcgregor yeah i mean and come on chris it's i mean (laughs) it was obviously true love these two sold the true love like you wouldn't believe i mean to each his own and i understand that you know musicals might not be your thing however have you spent any time with our pal troy bolton Because I think if you spend some time with Troy Bolton, it'll help you get your head in the game, and and maybe that's what's going to suck you into musicals. 
You really just did that? I did just you do get that. Get your head in the game? I did. Full transparency. When High School Musical came out, you guys were of the age to where y'all sucked it up and loved it. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things when you guys watch Barney, I was like, fuck, I don't want to sit through this shit. But when High School Fairly Musical came parents. out, I was like, you know what? This is not bad. I'm but okay I mean, you're this. you're very partial to music. I do uh, like musicals. Mus- I do like musicals. I really, really do. But anyway, getting back over to our pals over the Film Stripping Podcast, I love the fact that they did one of the movies we did. It's, it's fun to hear somebody else's take on it. It's a fantastic episode. I love hearing them go back and forth, especially when they don't fully agree on things. And on this, they like fully disagreed. Yeah, they got great insight. They uh, they talk, <laughs> they're so much better at us than, than <laughs> doing just like really diving into the- Getting deep. The nuts and bolts of, of movies. And uh, it's 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 a lot of fun listening to them. I, I truly, truly am a fan of them, listening to hear what they come out with. Um, if you haven't checked them out, do us a favor. Head on over the Film Stripping Podcast. Give them a listen. Um, I like doing the crossovers. I, I think we need to do some more of these. We could uh, we could have some fun. Maybe we could like each pick a movie or something like that, and they have to watch what we pick, and we have to watch what they pick. I think that could be fun. Yeah. That could be a lot of fun because, I, I, like I said, I love listening to their takes compared to our takes, and I think that's something we could have a lot of fun with. And we definitely have to do something a little more like actual real picks for like the first time or if it, like the only time that I would pick some like Bruno level shit for them to watch would be like way down the line. Like if we were already like comfortable doing no, that. No, fuck that, man. Anything goes. If you want to... If you want to pick a movie that you know is going to make them uncomfortable, mm. they're going to appreciate that. Like and they mother, may just fire back with Jennifer something. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, they might just fire back with something terrible. And I think the fun thing about it would be like we pick a movie. They don't know if we love the movie and we picked it or if we're just punking them with some piece of shit mm. that we're going to have to put them through. I just think, and then we record Citizen it, Kane. and then like we release it on the same day. Like we release on Sunday nights, they release on Wednesdays. Maybe we could both release it on Tuesday or something like that. I don't know. Just food for thought. Let that marinate, co-captains Chris and Erica. Uh, I think we could have a good time with that. Um, also, just kind of a follow-up from last week's laxative challenge that we ended up mm. doing. That brick wall's been torn down. It's like the, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that brick wall in my colon. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been pretty regular since. I'm proud wow. to I'm proud to say that. Uh, got anything else for the lobby? Nope. <laughs> All right, well, let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room, and I will unveil today's movie. All right, today's movie came out in 1999. Okay, it's rated R. It is two hours and two minutes. Holy shit! It got a uh, 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and 89% of Google users like this movie. Sweet. Let's see what the Mormon Mothers have to say. And for those of you that don't know, the Mormon Mothers is the IMDb Parents Guide. And we used to judge if the kids could watch movies when they were younger based on that. And because so many movies we did not watch because of the Parents Guide, my kids lovingly refer to the Parents Guide as the Mormon Mothers, which was really funny and is funny. It is funny. It's <laughs> fucking true. They they ban everything. They let every parent know of everything. You could slightly see the bra strap through the girl's shirt. No. No, no. Wait, find something else. You know, I thought the other day, like IMDB has to hire some interns or something. Hey, sit down. I want you to count the F words in this, the C words, the S words. 
There's no way they get all of it in one run. Well, I was just wondering, do they check up on them, or is it at some point does somebody say, you know what, there's 469 in here? Or they like they listen to the first F-words in the first 10 minutes, and then they just multiply it by the number of minutes the movie is? I'm sure is. they watch it. I just can't imagine that that's somebody's job. And just imagine if it actually was Mormon mothers who were watching it. I mean... How hard that'd be for them. Just imagine the Mormon mothers watching, like, Wolf of Wall Street. If, if an actual Mormon mother right. sat down to watch that, how awful that would be for her. Like, what like what kind of trouble did she get into for the Mormons to say, you're going to watch that? Well, do you think they've done any uh, parents' guides for any South Park episodes? Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's see what the Mormon mothers have to say. A man removes his clothes in front of a mirror. His naked ass is shown for some time. Hmm. Okay. 30 uses of fuck, many uses of shit, some uses of dick, one use of cocksucker, and one use of cunt. Hmm. All right, so today's movie is called American Beauty. I think I've heard of this. But know anything no. about it? Nope. All right, well, let's take a movie mug and pause. And we are back after watching 1999's American Beauty, winner yep. of five Academy Awards. Wow. Including... Thank God. Best Picture. Best Actor in a Leading Role, Kevin Spacey. Cool. Best Director. Best Screenplay. And Best Cinematographer. Wow. So yeah, that movie, that movie cleaned up pretty well at it the did. Oscars. I mean, I'm kind of sad we won't be seeing too much more Kevin Spacey. Because, like, whatever, all that drama. Which, for me, I have trouble with that kind of stuff because I've liked musicians who are in some deep shit and did supposedly did bad things. I liked what they still like, their music still, and I wasn't one of those people who was going to quit listening because so-and-so maybe or definitely did this. So that's a really great point. And that's for me. Like, he's a great actor, and I'm upset after seeing this because really I think I've only seen him in Baby Driver. And this was really awesome. And he deserved that award he won. He's a phenomenal actor. And it's a just doubt. like, it's a shame that, I mean, yeah, it's whatever he did that's not good, 100% not good, and I don't support it. And I'm not saying, oh, he should be forgiven so he can do more movies for everyone to watch. But I mean, it doesn't stop me from liking him. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really good point. I was thinking about that the other day. Somebody said, I think Olivia said, I just can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore. And oh, I can. It's, it's hard to separate the art from the artist for some people. I, I mean, I can do that. I don't have to know. I'm thankful that I can still listen to like, oh, it, it, Hitler could have made music. And if it was good, I still would have listened. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's really fucking bad. But if his music rocks, dude... I mean, you just listen to it, and I don't even like think about it. But you think Hitler's that was, music would rock? That was obviously it would it would rock. But oh. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, obviously that's a very extreme example. But y'all, y'all, I'm just trying to show a point. Who's ready to rock and roll? <laughs> that was a good pun, Not wasn't bad. it? Not bad. I literally, I felt so good about that one. Yep, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But I, I wonder most people if they can just kind of. I don't know, put put things like that aside. And, you know, I couldn't help but think about it during this movie. And I'll get to the 50 Cent Tour here in just a second. But he's creeping after a, a high school girl. Yeah. And so 
it brought back feelings of I oh, thought yeah, of it a bunch. It was like a minor that he was supposedly trying to get with or something. But it was so, also how long ago was his allegation? I mean, does it really matter how long ago it something like that was? It doesn't. But like, it makes it. It's still relevant, but it makes it feel to me like less relevant if it's like twenty years ago. Like, and Michael Jackson's already dead. Yeah, that whole thing. Like, yeah, they can come out and say it, but it shouldn't really be a huge shock to anybody. There were always whispers, so there was always smoke. So I, I don't think too many people were surprised. No, he was he was kind of wacko. Yeah, I mean, you could just look at him and <laughs> kind of tell there was he was different. Some issues there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Let me give it the fifty cent tour. This is a difficult movie to give a fifty cent tour to. Not I believe. That bad. Um, for if, if you try to get more into the finer details, it becomes really hard. But there's like an easy version, I feel like. Well, you want to go ahead and try it? Yeah. So Kevin Spacey, his life sucks dick, but he's trying his best to like kind of keep it together. And his wife's a complete bitch. His daughter hates both of them. And so then he kind of has a midlife crisis, but like the good kind, I guess. Like he, he kind of he quits his job. And he gets a job as like a fry cook, and he's he said he's 42. He has a crush on his high school-aged daughter's friend. Uh, he starts smoking pot and just kind of being like going back and listening to Pink Floyd and just kind of embracing the just kind of the good-natured kind of side of him, I guess. And then like his wife goes on her own path, like cheats on him, and he finds out in the drive-through of his new fry cook job. And it's just everybody's like perspective but Kevin Spacey's still the main character like the new next door neighbor he's kind of weird and creepy he's he, kinda he videos things <laughs> like a dead pigeon a dead person and he there's something off about him Absolutely. and they they start off his like details with he's been to the mental hospital for 2 years and so that kind of kicks things off a little bit as well but he and uh Kevin Spacey's daughter fall in love, and so there's kind of that narrative and everything going on with his family. It's Ricky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ricky's family. His dad's like that war vet who's very strict and like just the stereotypical like war vet dad oh, asshole. Over the top movies. Marine who yeah. gets out of the Marines, but he's still 100% Marine. Yeah. No, I'd be excited to get out of the Marines if I was in it. Like, finally, I'm free. The there's one, a lot of detail in it, there's, though. Yeah, there's a lot of detail in there. What I'd remembered, and I'd only seen this movie once, but what I'd remembered about it is that Kevin Spacey's character, Lester, did have the midlife crisis, and he got to the point where he's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's. I couldn't figure out what to say, and I said <laughs> good-natured. Yeah, he was just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. You're not going to talk to me like this. I'm not going to put up with that shit. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to mm -hmm. buy the fucking Trans Am. Um, I'm gonna smoke weed. I'm gonna I'm two thousand dollar for like basically a dime bag of it. Yeah, it was the good stuff though. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would hope so. He got called into the office. Basically, they said they were downsizing. They said that you need to write your job description so we can figure out what you do and if you're worth it. And he wrote a job description of, "Hey, I come here and pretend to do shit and I jerk off in the bathroom." Yeah, and then he. And then the guy's like, well, I guess you don't want to work here. He's like, well, and then he bribes him because he has some shit on the boss about hiring a hooker and $50,000. So he gets a severance pay of like 60 grand. For a, year, a year's salary yeah. with benefits. Yes. So I think, I don't know, his, his character should speak to everybody at, 
a little bit on the whole, how many times would you just like to say, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Because who fucking doesn't want to do what they want to do? I know. Life's too short, I think, to put up with these stupid shit. I'm going to go and quit my job. We go through it every single day. And it's just like, this is not what life's about, working for somebody else, not necessarily doing what you want to do. But then it's like you'll be homeless. Yeah. It's like you've got to do this shit. You have to do the bullshit to avoid the bigger bullshit. Yeah. I think some people find exactly what they're supposed to do in life and then they're they're good with it. Fuck those people. Like, they're so lucky. Well, I think that everybody <laughs> has like the one thing that they would be perfect at. I think everybody could be LeBron James in their field. Like yeah. I could be the best trumpet player ever, but I've never fucking played a trumpet. I've never even picked up a trumpet, yeah. so I'll never know. I think very few people find it. And so most people Maybe I'll be a good gynecologist. Most people are just kind of going through life, doing the job that they have. I'm I'm not going <laughs> to and I have just, a lot of experience I'm, in that field. Yeah. I'm going to skip right on past that. Okay. But I really feel like everybody's got that one thing that they're good at. And then I think if you get to do that every day for a living, you wouldn't feel like that. But most people are doing shit that they don't necessarily want to do. And so the I think the thought of saying, you know what, deuces with the two... Mm-hmm. With Flipping the, the birds. Of the two middle fingers would, would feel really good. The internet version says a telecells operative becomes disillusioned with his existence and begins to hunger for fresh excitement in his life. As he experiences a new awakening of the senses, his wife and daughter also undergo changes that seriously affect their family. I mean, you can't really summarize it in a couple sentences. There, no. There's so much going on in this. There's You could do like a 20-page essay on this. Oh, my gosh. Without a doubt. Just some of the characters alone. Even just on the message. Because it seemed like there was a pretty big fucking message. Appreciate your life no matter what's going on. Yeah. Is what I kind of got from it. Don't give a fuck about the shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. And I mean, no matter how upset I am with the ending... It was a good movie. It was until the last 10, 15 minutes. Then yeah, I so, was like kind of upset. Well, let's talk about that. It, this movie is one of those that starts out and you meet the character and then he's like, I'll be dead at the end of this movie, basically. Yeah. So you know he's going to be dead. And then I remember the first time I watched it, I spent the rest of the movie thinking, well, who's going to kill him? Oh, it's definitely going to be the father of this high school girl that he's drooling all oh, over if yeah. he ends up doing her. Oh, no, it's going to be his wife because she's sick of his shit. Oh, no, it's going to be the neighbor because the girl at one point said, hey, would you kill my father? Or it's going to be the neighbor's dad. And it was just, it could have been yeah. a number of people. It could have been the fucking office who was getting blackmailed by him, sending somebody over to kill him. So in my mind, there's like six or seven different I, options of people to kill this guy. I only thought of two, the neighbor's dad and his, and then his wife. Yeah. That's the only two I ever thought of at all. <laughs> it was, but, Or like, is he going to like die doing something crazy? And he's a guy that, it's it's one of those dichotomies, kind of like Breaking Bad, where he's a terrible person, but you love him and you root for him. It's the same thing. He with, wasn't that bad. I mean, he's trying to do a high school girl. Well, that's the, his worst part. That's, what, what other bad things did he do? Is that not enough? No, it is. But I, he didn't do it. Well. He's not that bad. That kind of got his transformation going. Yeah. Um, Him wanting to impress that girl. But he had also hadn't fucked his wife in years, it seemed. So, like, it made, like, the lust worse. Okay, that's true. He was a fucking horny old man. You know, at the end, he does have the opportunity to have sex with her. And then she says, this is my first time. And then he realizes her innocence and realizes Mm -hmm. this is a fucking mistake. Like, he can't be that guy. And so, at the end, 
he does kind of come around to where you're like, okay, you know, I guess lust had taken over your brain, but you finally came to your senses. And in the end, he's like, you know, I'm really happy now. Like treated her like a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was thankful for that. But I looked out for her. But for a lot of the movie, you're like, don't fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't fucking do it. Come on, man. Don't don't do it. But also how how taboo or not taboo, how looked down upon was uh, homosexuality in 1999. Because in this movie, that dad was fucking insane. Okay, but... Killed a guy for it. No. So in, toward the end, the Marine guy thinks that his son is having sex with men for money. And he beats his ass, kicks him out of the house, and then he goes over there, and you think he's going to go over there to kill Kevin Spacey. Well, because he thought he was his son was fucking Kevin Spacey. But he ends up going over there and kissing Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And and then Kevin Spacey's character pushes him away and says, "Hey, I don't you got the wrong yeah, idea. You got the wrong idea." And so then he goes home. He ultimately comes back with a gun and kills Kevin Spacey, not because he thought Kevin Spacey was gay, but because Kevin Spacey shunned his advances. He's gay. Yeah, the Marine guy is gay, and oftentimes you see it in in like pastors, and you see it Oof. in some politicians when they're so outspoken yeah. against homosexuality. It's because they don't want deep y'all down to in, know. Deep down inside, they're homosexual, and it comes out. God, there's been multiple stories of somebody who's so outspoken against it, and then he gets caught with like a male prostitute or something. And that's just so fucked. And, just like, but that's how that guy was, and yeah. I think it's more of hating themselves for being it you know especially if you're a fucking marine man back back in the day if you were marine and gay it it, there was so much i mean you just you You wouldn't have any like army friends (laughs) no well marines and army typically aren't friends anyway well fuck off (laughs) why 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 aren't they friends because are marines like hoity-toity because they're doing no harder stuff or whatever no i would never describe a marine as hoity-toity well like uh, the high and mighty is what I was meaning. I mean, it's a healthy... Is it like healthy banner? It's it's a healthy rivalry. Okay. You know, every every branch of the military thinks that they're better than the other one, you know? Because you Except pick, the Air Force. Yeah, well, Air Force <laughs> is kind of like the military, is what we used to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in this movie between Kevin Spacey and uh, the high school girl he was lusting after, there was, I thought, kind of a nod to Fast Times at Richmond High. You remember Brad? He's looking out the window at the girl who jumps in the swimming pool and then she gets out and oh, it's the slow yeah. motion and the song starts. Yeah, there's something pretty and similar. She's like, I've always had a crush on you, Brad. And then he's whacking off in the bathroom. Well, Kevin Spacey's laying in bed and then he starts having visions of her. She's in the bathtub. Rose petals. And she's like, I can tell you've been working out or something like that. <laughs> because, oh, that was so stupid. He He thought she was super hot the first time she came over or whatever. And he was listening in his like daughter's door through the door, and he heard the friend being like, "Oh, he's so sexy. If he worked out more, I'd totally fuck him." So he starts working out, and then like right after all that, then the oh, I can tell you've been working out after one fucking night of ten pound weight, and then he's beaten off in bed. Yeah, and, and his wife's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then he he stopped and, he, and she's he, like, "Were you masturbating?" And he, I was not. <laughs> but he finally admitted it, and then he just owned her. He owned her, yeah. He he went off on her. Because she was the biggest bitch ever. After he went off on her, he, he like, <laughs> laid back down, and he looked. And, and like he, he turned on his side where she couldn't see his and face. And he just saw this biggest smile. Big old across. grin. How many moments were there in that that were just awesome moments of people telling somebody off? 
Well, like, where you're just like, lo- there yes, plenty. And also, I like that Kevin Spacey went from complete pushover to stood up for himself every second he could. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first times was with his wife that that night. With the whole job thing, he put yeah. them in their place and he went off on them. Then, of course, with his wife a couple different times. Yeah. Because so she she starts cheating on Kevin Spacey with the other real estate guy because she's a real estate girl. The king. Yeah. And their sex scene was funny. There it was. She got the royal treatment. Like, there were so many puns like that. <laughs> the, the dude was boning her. Her legs were straight up in the oh, air, yeah. too. And he was like, you like getting fucked by the king? Yeah, it's gross. He was the king of real estate. So, yeah. She's like, yes, your majesty, yeah. like, stuff like that. <laughs> Annette Benning played played the wife. and She's she, a great actress. She was fantastic in this. Yeah. Um, and I, I hate her guts. <laughs> she was one of those people that nothing could be out of place. I don't know. She was she was so putting up this huge facade. Yeah, that she was happy and successful when she was pretty much neither. God. She had severe OCD on obituitis. No, <laughs> <laughs> on perception of her, and I think any little thing that was out of place or didn't look perfect was a reflection on her, and she just couldn't deal with it. She just she Real was so agents. stuck in that, and she just. She just couldn't. Yeah. It, it, it completely affected her life. It derailed her. Absolutely. Everybody in this movie was dysfunctional in some oh, way, shape, sure. or form. Yeah. I think everybody's dysfunctional to a certain point. I mean, everybody's yeah. got their dysfunctions. But all of these people have like grade A dysfunctions in this movie. I've not been the greatest parent, but watching a movie like this makes me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> you don't want to bang one of my friends? <laughs> oh. oh, but... Uh, Kevin Spacey was working his new fry cook job, and he had the headset on for like the drive-through, and he heard what sounded like his wife's voice ordering a cheeseburger, and then a man's voice saying, "Make that too," and so he stops what he's doing, walks over to the window, and like the real estate king is kissing his wife's neck, and neither of them are looking. And he, he said something like, "Oh, here are your burgers," mm-hmm. and they both look. <laughs> Uh, and then he got her again because the other lady working the drive-thru was like, oh, you're so busted. And she mm-hmm. and the, the wife kind of went off on her. You he, cannot talk to me like that. You don't have a place in this conversation. He's like, actually, she's the shift manager of this drive-thru and just yeah. went off on her again. And you're just like, damn. All right, favorite parts? I did like whenever at that party in the beginning, he met uh, Kevin Spacey met his new neighbor, the kid with the weed. Yep. And they smoked, and it was a it was really funny. It was a good time. Yeah, Spacey was just laughing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and was... his his wife came out and was like, "I'm ready to go." Or like, "What are you doing?" And he starts to talk, and smoke is coming out of his mouth, and then he just starts laughing. He was trying to say like, "I'm here with our new neighbor, Ricky Fitz," and he he just couldn't get it all out because he's laughing too hard. That was a good moment. The drive-through, that was a really good moment. When he first told off his wife after he was wanking in the bed, that was a really good moment. There were so many. Lots of candidates for favorite parts. Yeah, for real. Oh, gosh. I, I don't know. I don't know how you pick a favorite part in this movie. It's it's very hard if it's possible. I I do love it when the wife caught him jacking off in bed, <laughs> and he finally admitted it, and he went off on her, and then he rolled over and had a big old smile on his big face. Grin. That was probably my favorite part. Or whenever uh, when the neighbor boy roasted uh, the the hot high schooler 
because she was she always called him creep or like mental case boy stuff like that and then he fell in love with Jane Kevin Spacey's daughter and so that kind of put a rift between the hot high school girl and Jane and so she was being mean and saying oh y'all are so like freaks and then she was talking about like how hot she is and stuff and how much it would suck to be ordinary and then Ricky went the fuck off. Mm-hmm. He like destroyed her. Uh he was saying that she's she's like at least I'm not ugly and he goes, "No, I think you're really ugly and boring and you're also ordinary." Mm-hmm. And she made it seem like, "Oh, whatever," and walks out of the room and then it a little bit later it shows her sitting on the stairs like bawling. And I was like, "You got damn right." I've met people like you and I just wish I could have had a situation to just like shit on them. Yeah, <laughs> word shit on them. Like shit in their to-go box of food or something. Gosh. That'd be good, too. Um, That'd I think, be funny. pretty sure you get arrested for that, though. I mean, why, why don't you just why? go with the words? What I, what I do? <sighs> I'll just give them however much they paid for that meal, and they can go buy a different one. Yeah, you know, if somebody shits in my meal in a drive-thru, I think, I, I think I'm going to call the cops. My first reaction isn't to call the cops, because that, that escalates things by like 30 times. It makes things way worse. If somebody shits in my meal, I want it escalated by 30 times. Well, I mean, I also don't really like being around cops. Like, I don't like seeing a cop car because then I think, oh, shit. And then they'll ride your ass for going the speed limit, which that happened like two days ago. Yeah, that's a terrible feeling. Fuck that shit, man. Like, yeah, I know you got all your power, but you don't have to ride my ass. Just please go around me. Like, I don't know. I just, it, it puts me in a state of. Not panic, but I'm paranoid and anxious and watching my every move, making sure I I stay in the middle of the lane perfectly. But if you were a cop, you'd totally do that to other people, right? What? Ride their ass and fuck with no, them? No, I wouldn't ride their ass unless they're driving like shit. Oh, you, dude, I know I, your personality. Would, you would totally fuck with people if you were a cop. My friends. <laughs> I would fuck with my friends. You'd get bored with your friends after a while. You'd start no, fucking with the general I'm, public. You know why? I'm not an asshole. I, I've lived with anxiety before, and I know giving other people anxiety is a major dick move. <laughs> I think it'd actually be Boom. kind of fun to fuck with people as a cop. Well, yeah, but doing pranks. Like somebody's... Not like, being an ass. Like somebody's way up ahead of you, and you just haul ass and get right on their bumper for a no. little bit. And then, like, just... That, that's like abuse. <laughs> you know, I, I just thought... I think my favorite part was how it all wrapped up. In the very end... I thought you were going to have a hard time with him dying, even though you knew it was coming. But in the very end, he gets shot point blank in the head, and the blood splatters on the wall and stuff like that. A lot of blood. But then it's him saying, you know, I probably should have been mad that this happened to me. And they say your life flashes before your eyes. It's not a flash. And he's just going back through when he's a kid. Mm -hmm. And then it shows how other people reacted to the gunshots. You know who didn't do it. But it's just him thinking all these things about his wife when they were younger, all these things. And he talks about how beautiful it is. The, the word beauty came up many times in this. And he's like, you know, I can't expect you to understand all this and how much gratitude I have, but one day you will. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, you're going to die too. You're going to get to go through this There's as well. so much beauty masked in like everything. Mm-hmm. But you and don't... I mean, it's a cool message. But, but you don't see it because yeah. you're too busy playing the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I like the way it ended. I do and I don't. It's very bittersweet mm-hmm. because pretty much the one of the well, my favorite character who gets my bucket of chicken, Kevin Spacey, 
got fucking killed by I, the two sp- suspects I thought of were my like two most hated characters in the movie. And so that sucked. And the dad killed him, which was one of... I hated his wife and I hated the neighbor's dad. They're both fucking horrible people. And I was hoping that they would get killed. She was going to come home and kill him. That's what yeah. it made it look like. She was coming home. She'd been listening to this tape. I, I will not know. be a victim. Yeah. And she had her gun. Yeah. And then... The neighbor just it, beat her beat her to it. Yeah. So Kevin Spacey's your... Oh, hell yeah. Bucket of chicken. He acted... He was a fucking amazing actor. Yeah, Kevin Spacey well, was awesome. There were so many crazy good characters in this movie. I was going to give it to the neighbor's son because he added a lot. He was creepy. He, there was, he was just weird. There was also a good part when they go outside to smoke weed and he's on the clock, the the neighbor's on the clock, oh. and the guy comes out. He's like, I'm not paying you to do whatever it is you're doing. He's like, quit paying me. And he's like, what? He's like... I, I fucking quit. So you don't have to keep paying me. And Spacey was like, you're my hero. You just became my personal <laughs> hero. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Spacey gets my bucket of chicken. I mean, it, it's impossible to give it to anyone else. I love the character, all except for the pedophilia. But his character was great. So much fun. You were rooting for him the whole time, other than scoring with the high school girl. But he didn't. I know. He... I, I thoroughly enjoyed him. Uh, yeah. His character was awesome. Kevin Spacey's fun fantastic actor. Fun to watch actor. every time... He was on this fucking screen. Yeah. So if you don't like Kevin Spacey for what he did, um, whatever, man. It's it's our bucket of chicken to give. And, and, and in 1999, before we all knew this, he certainly deserved it. He you was can, fantastic. You can write us an angry email if you yeah. want. We probably won't read it. Yeah. Or maybe we will. Maybe we will and we'll laugh. But At least we know you're listening. There was- <laughs> all right, score time. Fuck, man. I was... I'm glad that we've talked for a while now after finishing the movie because that really soured it for me. I didn't want him to die. And I mean, though it did make the ending with that cool message possible. So I was going to give it lower, but I definitely can't do that. And now I've had time, more time to think about it. Uh, I'm going to give it a 95. Okay. I'm, I'm 92. Cool. All right. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought this movie had potential for you to not enjoy it. It did. And also enjoy it. I overcame it. I said, I don't give a fuck. There were some parts in there where I I felt like you were getting mad and felt like that those parts that made you mad would would affect it at the end. Sounds like it might have, but the more we talked about it, the more you... You just think I'm going to give it a 100? I mean, I thought for a while you might do that too. Yeah, I kind of thought I would. Although that's pretty rare. Uh, Yeah. Pretty rare on this show. That's true. All right, got anything else? Nope. All right, well, thank you for tuning in to episode number 42 of Movie Muggin. You can keep up with us on Instagram or Twitter at Movie Muggin. You can go to our website, moviemuggin.com. If you have any questions, you can email us anytime at moviemuggin at gmail.com. Appreciate you listening. Have a Movie Muggin day. Hey, I'm here for the gangbang.